Hi, welcome to podcast number five here on The Founding Female. Today we're discussing another very important person in U.S. history, Alexander Hamilton. I feel most people in this time probably are more aware of him because of the popular musical. And I think it's wonderful that it interests so many people that it maybe otherwise wouldn't. It's also equally important we take time to learn about him outside of the musical aspect. There has been much debate over the years over what Hamilton's actual birth date is. It was speculated originally that it was January 11, 1755 or 1757, but as of late, new evidence suggests a different date. It's actually between February 23rd and August 5th of 1754. Rachel Fawcett was Alexander's mother. She was married to a Johann Michael Lavian, who was either a Danish or German merchant. Together, they had one son named Peter. In 1750, Hamilton's mother traveled to St. Kitts and met a James Hamilton. They fell in love and moved to Navise, which was her place of birth and where she'd inherited a seaside lot from her father. Later, James Hamilton abandoned Rachel and their two sons, James Jr. and, you guessed it, Alexander Hamilton. He allegedly left to spare her a charge for bigamy, since he'd heard that her first husband was going to divorce her on the grounds of adultery and desertion. Rachel then took her two children and moved to St. Croix, where she had a small store that helped support the family financially. On February 19th, 1768, Rachel died of yellow fever at 102 in the morning, leaving her children orphaned. In probate court, the first husband took her estate and a few valuables. A friend did purchase the family books, but returned them later to Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton was born in Charleston, which is the capital island of Navis and Leeward Islands, which in that time was part of the British West Indies. Him and his brother James Jr. were born out of wedlock, James Hamilton was their father and a Scotsman. After his mother's death, Hamilton became a clerk at Beekman and Kruger. His brother and him were taken in for a brief time by their cousin Peter, but he committed suicide in July of 1769. Having nothing and being orphaned yet again, his brother and him this time were now separated. His brother became a local carpenter and Hamilton was taken in by a merchant named Thomas Stevens. Hamilton, in 1771, was left in charge of the firm for five months while the owner was away at sea. Hamilton, who was an avid reader, developed an interest in writing. He wrote a detailed letter to his father about a hurricane that had devastated Christiansted on August 30, 1772. Minister and journalist Hugh Knox published the letter in the Royal Danish American Gazette. It was this letter that impressed the community leaders to collect funds to send Alexander Hamilton to the North American colonies for education. The Church of England denied Hamilton and his brother education in a church school because their parents weren't legally married. So instead, they had individual tutoring. He also attended classes in a private school taught by a Jewish headmistress. Other than that, he furthered his learning by reading the family library, made up of just 34 books. Hamilton arrived in Boston by ship in October of 1772, and from there would proceed to New York City. He then stayed with her Hercules Mulligan. 
1773, to prepare for college work, he attended Elizabethtown Academy. It was a preparatory school in Elizabethtown, New Jersey. It was run by Francis Barber. It was then he met William Livingston, an intellectual and revolutionary who he would live with for some time. He started King's College, which is now Columbia, in New York City in autumn of 1773 as a private student. He officially began May of 1774. He roomed with Robert Troop. Hamilton and his roommate and four others formed a society that was unnamed. Now it is known as the Philolexian Society. In 1774, Samuel Seabury, a clergyman, published pamphlets promoting the Loyalist cause. Anonymously, Hamilton would write his first political writing responding to the pamphlets, called a full vindication of the measures of Congress, and also the farmer refuted. He went on to write many more pieces. He was a supporter of the revolutionary cause, but didn't approve of the mobs against Loyalists. Hamilton would gain credit for saving a Loyalist, Miles Cooper, from a mob on May 10, 1775, by distracting the mob by talking long enough for him to escape. With the British occupying the city, the college closed down. Of course, when the war ended, by July of 1782, Hamilton passed the bar exam. In October 1782, had his license to argue cases before the Supreme Court in the state of New York. In 1775, Hamilton, along with other students, joined the New York Volunteer Militia Company. He would study history on military and receive soon after a promotion. Through connections, Hamilton raised the New York Provincial Company of Artillery in 1776, which consisted of 60 men. He was the captain. On January 3, 1777, Hamilton fought in the Battle of Princeton. Lots of important men wanted Hamilton as their aide-de-camp, such as William Alexander, Lord Sterling, and Nathaniel Green, but he declined them all. His heart was set in being on the actions of the battlefields. But there was just one offer he couldn't pass up, being Washington's aide, with also the rank of Lieutenant Colonial. He took on this position for four years. He was the man in charge of all the important letters. His other duties included intelligence, diplomacy, and negotiation with senior officers as George Washington's emissary. During this time, he gained a lot of close friends. Among them were Marquis de Lafayette and John Lawrence. Hamilton, now more than ever wanting a field command, left Washington's staff on February 15, 1781, after a small fight where George Washington reprimanded Hamilton for keeping him waiting too long. But finally, on July 31st, Hamilton got what he'd wanted and was assigned commander of a battalion of light infantry, companies 1st of 2nd New York regiments, and two companies from Connecticut. In Yorktown, whilst working alongside the French, Hamilton and his battalions bravely fought and were able to take Redoubt No. 10, while the French took Redoubt No. 9. As a result, the British were forced to surrender, marking the end of the war. 
While stationed in Morristown, New Jersey, somewhere between December 1779 and March of 1780, he met Elizabeth Schuyler. Her father was General Philip Schuyler. They fell in love and were married on December 14, 1780 in Albany, New York. They would go on to have eight children, Philip, Angelica, Alexander Jr., James Alexander, John Church, William Stephen, Eliza, and Philip, known as Little Phil. He was named after his oldest brother, who died in a duel a year prior. Hamilton was also close to Elizabeth's sisters, Angelica, who was the oldest of the sisters, and Margarita, known as Peggy, the younger of the three sisters. It was rumored that Alexander had an affair with the eldest sister, Angelica, who was married to a John Baker Church. When Hamilton died in 1804, between a duel with him and Aaron Burr, his wife would go on to preserve his legacy with the help of their son, John Church, who published a biography on his father, something that I would like to read. Alexander is someone I greatly admire. He didn't come from a lot, and although no one's life is easy, his somehow seemed to face more challenges. He didn't have a lot of people to depend on starting out, but really made something of himself. I think he sets an example for us all. Join me next time for another episode of The Founding Female.